0: Hey there, I'm Julie, and this is the Married to Addiction podcast. If you're here, then you're probably what I call my secret sister. We're in a situation we never asked to be in and fighting a battle we never wanted to fight. We're women who are married to an alcoholic, and it affects every inch of our lives. If that sounds like you, then I want you to know that this is a safe place for you to land. Married to Addiction is a faith-based podcast where I'll help you find the tools and strength you need to navigate your husband's addiction without losing yourself in the process. So please subscribe and tune in as often as you're able. Because your husband's recovery is important, but so is yours. Hey there, before we get started today, I just want to make sure that you know about the Secret Sister Circle. This is something that I have just created. It's a brand new membership for my Secret Sisters, meaning other wives of alcoholics, that I really would love to have you join me in. It basically is a path to take you from being where you're at right now, which if you're like me, you're probably in the middle of feelings of hopelessness and despair and confusion, um, just not really knowing what to do, where to turn, and feeling like there's no end in sight. So I wanted to create kind of a journey for you to get you from that place into the restoration and wholeness that I know you can have in your life. Uh, even as the wife of an alcoholic. So the whole vision for the membership is to get you off the emotional roller coaster of having an alcoholic spouse and just feeling like you're at the mercy of that day after day. We'll help you work through learning exactly what you can do to improve things instead of just feeling like you have to sit around and hope and pray that things are going to change someday. And also it helps you feel not so alone because you'll have a community of other sisters who are going through the same things that you are. So bottom line, if you need support and direction through the day-to-day struggle of being the wife of an alcoholic, then this membership is absolutely for you. I would absolutely love for you to join me. You can just go to my website, MarriedToAddiction.com, and look for the tab that says Secret Sister Circle. I hope to see you there. Hello, and welcome to Episode 14 of the Married to Addiction Podcast. Today's podcast episode is entitled, Five Things I Wish I Had Done Differently When My Husband Was in Active Addiction. And I wanted to record this because my husband, if you don't know, has been sober for four years. And I actually came across a video today that I had recorded when he was in active addiction. And I regret taking videos of him back then. So let me just say that right off. Um, If that's something that you've been doing to try to, you know, show your husband that he needs to get sober. I think that there can be some value there, maybe, but you have to you have to be really, really careful with that because in my situation, all it did was um, make him feel worse and more hopeless, and more guilty and more shame and all of that. So, if you're doing that, um, pray about it. That that's my advice to you. I don't know your situation, but I'm just saying for me, it wasn't the best idea and i I want you to pray about it to decide if it's a good idea for yours anyway um i came across this video because i have amazon photos and my photos and videos are automatically uploaded to amazon uh photos they're cloud basically when uh i was looking at some videos last night with my son um i happened to notice that there was a video of my husband in there. So of course I didn't play it then. We were just looking at old family videos. He likes to go back and see videos of himself as a baby and stuff sometimes. So we were doing that, but I noticed that video of my husband. And so um, I I played it today and I was very nervous about pushing play on it because I knew that it was gonna take me back to the darkest place of my life basically. Um, But I did and it did take me back. fully. Um, I ended up with tears in my eyes. I had a flood of emotion. And I actually was back in that place mentally, physically, and spiritually for a few moments after watching that. It spurred in me the desire to share today's episode with you because I don't presume to know it all where this subject is concerned. I'm just somebody who went through it and who lived through it and now has a story of hope to share with others because my husband and myself came through it restored and our marriage restored. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, the best case scenario. And I, I saw a meme the other day. Or it wasn't really a meme. It was a, like an inspirational photo. And it really struck me because it says, You have been assigned this mountain to show others it can be moved. And I have to tell you, I didn't really want this mountain. <laughs> I I you know there's days where I sometimes don't like this mountain or appreciate this mountain because it was hard. It was incredibly difficult. But I know without a doubt that I am in the place that I am now because God is good and because he is the God of restoration and I would be completely selfish and not be doing the good that I now think is what i'm supposed to be doing in the world if i didn't now share this message with you it's not the most fun topic you know it's heavy sometimes it's hard to do sometimes it's hard to you know press play on these episodes and post things on social media because it's it's just a reminder of you know where i was and what i went through and how hard it was but i'm wanting it to also sh- uh, serve as a reminder of hope and now the joy that I have in my life and the light that I can now bring to others who are struggling with this right now. So all that being said today, I want to share with you five things that I really, really wish I had done differently when my husband was in the throes of alcoholism. Uh, we don't know what we don't know when we're there. And they say that hindsight is twenty twenty, of course, and I think that there is truly no situation that is as true. Of that, as when you're married to an alcoholic or when you're the wife of an alcoholic, because you are so blinded by what's happening in your situation that it is so hard to see it from another viewpoint. And I remember, you know, I had one friend in particular, she's a dear friend of mine. And her husband had gone through something similar years before, and so she was kind of my, really my one and only true confidant because, as I told you before, I was pretty hush-hush about what, you know, the, the gravity of what was going on with most of my friends and my family because they, I didn't feel like they would understand. And I didn't give them enough credit because I know that they wanted to be there for me more than they were able to because they didn't know what was going on. But Um, the truth is that people who aren't in that situation really don't understand. And they try to offer you well-meaning advice that may or may not be good advice because they don't, they're, they're looking at things from a very limited view. So, but I had, I had this one friend who I could talk to about this, you know, at every single part about it. And she kept telling me over and over again, these things that I needed to be doing. And I just remember thinking, well, you know, she, she doesn't know. Like, this was a long time ago that she went through this. And, you know, I, I don't really think that there's value in that particular thing where my situation is concerned. Like, that might have been great for her, but that's not what I need. And I just remember just kind of, um you know, blowing that off and making excuses to not do the things that she was telling me that I needed to do. And she was just very matter of fact about it. You know, she would just say, you need to do this. You need to do that. And she wouldn't, you know, push me or, make me feel bad about the fact that I wasn't doing those things, but she just kept trying to tell me, you know, what what would be good for me in that situation, because she knew, right? She knew. She'd been there, and she knew. But with my very limited scope of vision, being in the middle of it, I didn't think that she knew. So my goal today is to be that person for you. And I want to tell you that she was right. She was a million percent right. And so these are some of the things that I really wish I would have done differently. Because looking back, I can think about how different everything would have been from the day-to-day things to the, the big grand scheme of the entire situation had I done these things. So let's dive into this. The first one is I wish that I would have taken time to pursue my relationship with God and to get closer to Him. Now listen, I know that that might be the furthest thing from your mind right now because you might have a lot of anger. That's precisely why I didn't do this. I was mad at God. I didn't understand why I had to be going through this. I didn't understand why my husband had to be suffering through this. I didn't understand why my family was having to deal with this. I was mad. You know, I I grew up in the church. I became a Christian when I was a child. I thought that I was a good person. You know, I I hadn't— done anything terrible in my life. Like, it was a what did I do to deserve this kind of thing. And I felt like he was abandoning me. And I felt like he didn't care. And I felt like he was punishing me for something. And I was mad. And I didn't want to be closer to God at that time. I didn't. But we are meant to go through, we were created to go through trials and to figure out through those trials how valuable our relationship is with God. So we have a decision to make in the middle of that situation. We can either get angry and pull away from him, which is what I did and which is what I know a lot of people do in this situation. Or we can realize that he's our lifeline and that we're not going through what we're going through because we're being punished There are trials in this world and in our life, and it's going to happen, and it happens to everyone. It happened to Jesus. No one is exempt from that. No one. There's going to be hard things, unfortunately. There are for every single person on this planet, but it's what you do with it. And what you do with it can either make it more difficult or less difficult. And I can tell you, excuse me, without a shadow of a doubt that had I come the other direction and pulled in and drawn closer and called on him and made it a point of spending time with him and just really taking advantage of the the love and the guidance and the peace that he wanted to give me and the rest in the middle of all of that it would have made my walk through that a completely different experience. And I really believe that it also would have changed my husband's walk through it and my children's walk through it because they would have seen that and they would have seen, you know, that that I was just clinging to God and just holding on to his feet and just, you know, desperation and that he, despite everything that was happening, was bringing me through it. And I know that he would have lifted me up out of a lot of the stress, a lot of the Desperation, the anxiety, the depression, the hopelessness. We weren't ever, ever made to feel like that. And we don't have to feel like that regardless of our situation. You can be supported by God and held up by Him. And that's what we're meant to do in times like this. We're meant to draw closer. And I didn't do that. And I so wish I would have. So please hear me. If you are also feeling anger, if you are also feeling like He doesn't care, I want you to know that's not true. He is a good father, and he wants to show you just how much he does care for you in this situation. The second thing is, I really wish I had learned more about my husband, what my husband was going through. And I didn't until he went to treatment, because I didn't understand alcoholism, and I didn't understand the gravity of what he was dealing with on his side. Um, You've probably heard me say before, he also was diagnosed with bipolar disorder through this. So there was, you know, mental issue happening as well. He was suffering and he was struggling and he was sick and he was desperate, just as desperate as I was, if not more so, more so, I'm not even gonna say if not more so, he was more desperate than I was. He tried to take his life twice. I didn't really understand until I went to family week at his treatment center and they started talking to us about the mental changes and without even the bipolar even being on the table, the mental changes that happened with alcoholism, um, physiological uh, physiological changes, the physical things that were happening with him, the fact that, you know, if we t- as we've talked before, the choice was far removed at that point. There was no choice in the equation. Um, I didn't understand any of that. And I didn't want to understand any of that, to be quite honest. At the at that point in our situation, I was mad at him too. I was very mad at him. And I didn't understand why he was choosing alcohol over me and the family. And I didn't understand why he wouldn't just quit. And I didn't understand why we didn't matter. And all these things that were just not true. They were just not true. And he was not feeling that way in any way, shape, or form. And the fact that I was, was projecting that on him and making him feel like that's what I thought is what, you know, part of what made him so hopeless. And I know that now. And when I watched that video, I just, I just felt so bad about the way that I was making him feel in that moment. Sorry. But I didn't, I didn't know that at the time. I I wasn't trying to be mean, you know, by, calling him out about how much he'd had to drink and taking a video of him inebriated. I wasn't trying to be mean. I was just desperate and I was just doing what I thought, you know, anything that I thought would bring him out of it. You know, that was my thought process. You know, this will snap him out of it if he just sees. But uh, watching that was really hard because I could see the pain on his face sorry. <laughs> and um, I just wish I would have, I just wish I would have taken the time to learn more about what he was going through because it was hard for him too. <laughs> and my dog's in here looking at me like, are you okay, mom? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So that's number two. I wish I had learned more about what he was going through. Number three, I really, really wish that I had taken, uh, getting help for myself more seriously. That was the main thing that my friend kept telling me. (laughs) That was the main thing that she kept saying. You need to, you need to get help for yourself. Like you, you're sick too. You are struggling too. You are not well. Um, you know, I was so obsessed with everything that he was doing, just obsessed with it. And I know y'all have heard me talk before about how I ended up having hives over this and um I I couldn't perform my job effectively. I couldn't parent effectively. My entire my entire life was wrapped around his addiction. What was he was he drinking? What was he drinking? How much was he drinking? Had he been drinking? Was he going to drink later? What was he going to do if he was drinking? You know, was he going to drive? Just I mean, consumed i was consumed by his addiction i was addicted to his addiction and i didn't realize at the time how much i needed help and i really really desperately needed help if i would have taken that seriously getting some help for myself it would have saved me i can't even tell you how much stress and and heartache you know i used to follow him around I used to go looking for him with my son in the car, and he was really little at the time. Um, I used to leave work because I would try to contact him, and I couldn't reach him, and I would think that, you know, he was drunk, and did he go out? Did he get arrested? Did he make it home? I used to just work myself into these frenzies, and then I had would have to make an excuse that I would need to leave work because, you know, I was so terrified about where he was. What, what was he doing? What was happening? It just, it, it just, Run! it ran my life. It ran my life. And it was because I didn't understand that it wasn't him, that he wasn't the only one that needed help. I needed help too. So that is really why I do what I do. Because I need women who are in this situation to understand. If you tune into podcasts like these, and you are seeking out help, and the only help that you're looking for is somebody that will tell you how to get him sober, I love you enough to tell you that you are looking for the wrong thing. Because two reasons. First of all, no one can tell you what to do to get your husband sober. Now, as we talked about in the previous episode, are there things that you can do? Yes. Are there things that you can do as it relates to controlling his behavior and controlling his drinking to make sure that he stops? No. So if those are the answers that you're looking for, you will never find them. You won't. There are things that you can do to encourage recovery. Absolutely. 100% there are. But he is ultimately responsible for his recovery. You are not. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, and I kind of, to be quite honest with you, I lost my train of thought. But <laughs> um, just if you're if you're looking for that, like it's you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it. You need to take. You need to get the kind of help that will show you how to change what you're doing on your side of the street, as they say. You need to do the things that will help you be able to live your life and function in a in you know an effective capacity in your parenting role at work all of those things you need to be able to do that and that's where getting help from you comes in because until you take your focus off of his addiction and put it back on what you can do for you for your kids and ultimately for your husband you're not going to find the answers that you're looking for so i really want you to know that trying to find those answers is not that that's not where. trying to find that solution is not where you're going to find your answer to getting better and to ultimately helping him get better truthfully um i did want to throw out there real quick that helping you learn to take care of yourself in this situation and helping you learn the best thing to do in this situation for yourself for your kids for your husband is the absolute focus of the secret sister circle which is a membership that i just launched if you have not uh, heard about that yet go back to i believe it's episode 12 where i talk about uh, the stages of recovery um you cannot still join as a founding member but you can still join and i would love to have you please go check that out if you haven't already it's it's awesome I'm, i must pat myself on the back just for a second because i'm just really excited about the things that we're doing and they're Number four. I wish that I had not engaged. <laughs> I I engaged a lot. Um, we talked about detaching in a previous episode also. I learned that lesson pretty late in the game. And I used to engage all the time. Uh, I pretty much knew coming home from work any day that I felt like I was preparing for battle because I knew he would have been drinking and I knew that I was going to have to say something about it. It never ended well. It never stopped his drinking. It never changed anything for the better, ever. It didn't. It always made things a million times worse. And you would think that after doing that a few times, you would learn the lesson that, hey this isn't working, this isn't helping, this isn't making anything better. But you don't, because like I said, when you're in the middle of it, you don't see things the same. So if you're doing that right now, I was there and I totally understand where you are and why you are doing that, because it feels desperate and you feel like you have to say something. I promise you, you don't. And if you have noticed the same thing, that you're not getting the result that you want from doing that, then maybe it's time to change the way that you're doing things. I love you. I'm just saying that was the case for me. And that's the case for a lot of women that I talk to who are in this situation too. So just an FYI there. And then the fifth one, I really wish that I had done a better job of boundaries. Um, Boundaries are for you. Boundaries are for your children. I didn't want to put boundaries in place and/or, um, you know, put put my boundaries into action because one in particular I can think of. Um, I had told myself that I was going to have a boundary that if he was drinking when I got home and you know he was obviously inebriated, that I was going to take my kids and go out to eat or take my kids and go to the park. I was just going to remove us from the situation. Or, you know, he, he had the option to come upstairs and kind of like sleep it off and not be around the family. I just didn't want them to be in the position where they were having to see him like obviously inebriated, Uh, especially my son. He was little and he would try to talk to daddy and daddy wouldn't really be making any sense because he was clearly drunk and acting different. And that I could see that that upset my son and he he was a little bit concerned about why daddy was acting funny and that's something that obviously isn't good for him so one of the things that i wanted to do was have a boundary around him being around that my daughter was quite a bit older but it wasn't good for her either but um i wasn't good at that boundary because i didn't want to leave because i felt like i needed to stay here at my house and monitor his drinking. I remember thinking to myself, but if we leave, it's just going to be a free for all. He's just going to keep drinking and drinking and drinking because now I'm gone and there's nobody here to like quote unquote babysit him and he's you know it's it's going to be on at that point like he's he's just going to feel like cool. Now I can just have as much as I want. That's the way I used to think about it. Now I realize that is such messed up thinking. <laughs> like I was I was putting, you know, my mental health and the mental health of my kids kind of pushing that aside really because i was so concerned about not being able to control the situation if i left it it is not ours to control and that's like a whole another subject but that's how i felt when i was in this so i really wish because i know now how different a lot of those situations would have been that I had created good and healthy boundaries, and that I had really realized that they were for me and they were for my kids, and really realized you know, the, the harm that it was causing by not having those boundaries in place and not abiding by them. So if boundaries is a place where you've struggled, I really encourage you to um, start working on that. Like that is so important especially if you are in any sort of abusive situation i hope to god literally that <clears throat> you have the boundary of keeping yourself safe first and foremost my husband was not abusive uh he was just frequently inebriated and there were there were things that came along with that that were dangerous sometimes but i i was never in like in in a personal uh physical danger and neither were my children so it was it was a little bit different than i know some other situations are but uh, boundaries are important regardless, even if, you know, even if your husband is not a danger to you, um, you know, overtly, there still are underlying dangers to the people in the family, uh, PTSD, and it's trauma. You've heard me say that before. This living in this situation is trauma, and it's traumatizing for everyone. And we have to learn to protect our mental health, our children's mental health, etc., So I hope that that is helpful for you. Those are the five things that I wish I had done differently. The first, gotten closer to God. The second, learned more about what my husband was going through. And I apologize for getting emotional again. When I created this podcast, it really wasn't my intention to start crying on the episodes. (laughs) But it's just, even though it's been four years, it's just when I go back there, it's still so raw. And that's why I'm here talking to you because I know what you're dealing with and I know how hard it is and I get it. I absolutely get it and I still feel it. I feel it like it was yesterday when I let myself go back there. And so it's important, I guess, for you to hear that, for you to hear my heart around that, and for you to know that I'm not just here trying to tell you, you know, these things that I read out of a book. I'm here trying to tell you what I lived through, what I went through, and what I learned through going through that experience. the third one, taking help for or taking, getting help for myself seriously. So incredibly important. I know you might not think that you need help. You do. You do. I promise you, life can be so different once you get that help. And again, if you would like to do that through me, through the Secret Sister Circle, awesome. If not, please go seek out some help from somewhere else. There are other organizations that are there to help you as well. The fourth one, I wish I would not have engaged. <laughs> It made things so much worse. It never helped anything or made anything better. And then the fifth one was having good boundaries and abiding by those boundaries for the sake of my, my mental health, my children's mental health, and just the health of my household in general. I know that was a lot. I hope you got something out of that. Um, just remember, it feels so desperate when you're in it. I know it does. And I know that some of these things that I'm saying, because I remember being in that spot hearing these things, and it's just like, that's not what I need. And I know it might sound like that to you, that this isn't what you need, but please take it from somebody who has walked this path and felt every difficult emotion that you're feeling right now. I'm telling you these things because I know that this these are truths. These are my truths, and I know that they can help other people out there too. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad that you're here and I will see you next time. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick second to thank you so much for being here and for listening to the Married to Addiction podcast. I really hope that it's blessing you. If you are enjoying the podcast, can I ask you a quick favor? Would you go and leave either a rating, a review, or maybe even both on your favorite podcast platform so that other people can find the podcast? When a podcast is new, a lot of times the ratings and reviews is what helps push it out to more people. And I would love to get this out to as many as as secret sisters as possible and you could definitely help me with that by going and leaving a reading a review. Thank you so much for your help with this and thanks again for listening.